Some kids get bombs for breakfast and blow it away on their birthday. Ask the little orphan boy on Iraqi soil what he think about the USA. Today was the worst day of his life. Uncle Sam killed both his parents. His village was burned to the ground and they left him and his little brother to perish. Cause they want the oil in the soil. Like vampires, they come for blood. In the name of freedom and justice, nowhere to hide, nowhere to run. First they send the soldiers, then come McDonald's and Coca-Cola. Toxic Western culture. Once they take over, it's over. Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Halliburton, 7 Up, Walmart, Exxon. Who cares if you get stepped on? US plans to launch drone fleet into the Pacific. The US empire stands on its last legs and is in absolute decline. At home, the number of unemployed has hit a record high, standing now at some 28% of the population more than it was during the worst years of the Great Depression in the 1930s and with no hope of recovery in sight. Abroad, it is lashing out wildly in mad provocations, attempting to ignite conflicts it cannot hope to win. True to form, instead of working to bring their own people out of poverty and destitution, the imperialists continue to pour money into new forms of warfare, with the very real prospect that more people than ever will be plunged into destitution and want. And now we hear that the US Navy is spending billions of dollars on unmanned systems and recently awarded contracts for the development of 10 large crewless surface vessels over the next five years. Instability in the Indo-Pacific. The Indo-Pacific region, comprising all land and sea between the Indian Ocean and the Central Pacific, lies over 10,000 kilometers from the geographical center of the United States. Despite this distance, the U.S. finds it absolutely unacceptable that any independent military should have even a presence there, never mind the ability to stand up to American firepower. With some $5 trillion worth of trade flowing through the South China Sea annually, the region lies at the center of global maritime trade. The Asian region is home, of course, to China, a country that the U.S. sees as, the, as the one of the greatest threats to its waning dominance of the globe. With this in mind, the Americans frequently conduct war games in the region, preparing for a conflict that most of its leadership regards as inevitable. U.S. Marine Corps Director of Expeditionary Warfare, Major General Tracy King, has expressed the growing concerns emerging within Washington, saying, quote, The most destabilizing event in the 21st century is going to be when China can achieve conventional parity at a time and place of its choosing. End quote. As with so much in the minds of the arch-reactionary leaders of the US, reality stands on its head. No one in their right mind views the ability of China or any other peace-loving people to match the military might of rapacious U.S. imperialism as a destabilizing event, much less the greatest of the century. Indeed, as we have seen so many times in Syria, Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan, and so many other countries, when the U.S. deems a non-cooperative nation to be weak, it pounces viciously upon it, often backed up by its faithful lackeys in Europe and the Middle East, leading to massive loss of life, great internal strife, and the ruination of entire countries. 
in short, destabilization of the highest order. China knows this full well, as does Russia, North Korea, Iran and others. To them, it is a matter of survival to build up their military capabilities in order to avoid conflict, not to encourage it, as they much prefer normalized relations and global peace to war. The Chinese military opposes and is not afraid of the US side's recent escalating provocations against China. Wu Qian, a spokesman for the Chinese Ministry of Defense, said at a press conference late in August. Some US politicians, in pursuit of their selfish interests, are sparing no effort to undermine the relations between the two countries and the two militaries, and are even attempting to create incidents or military conflicts, he noted. The Chinese military will resolutely safeguard China's sovereignty, security and development interests, as well as the peace and stability in the region and the world. Wu urged the US politicians in question to understand the reality, act with reason, stop provocations and help put the relations between the two countries and the two militaries back on the right track. These provocations are continuous and are in flagrant violation of political and military norms. In the last days of August, for example, the US flew a U-2 high-altitude reconnaissance aircraft into an airspace used for live-fire exercises by the Northern Theater Command of the People's Liberation Army. The trespass severely affected China's normal exercises and training activities and violated the rules of behavior for air and maritime safety between China and the United States, as well as relevant international practices, reported Xinhua. Such incidents, which are many and often, drive home the utter absurdity of comments by the US ruling class and its military that China is to blame for the lack of stability in the region. The blame lies solely with US imperialism and its insane quest for world dominance. Just imagine the reaction of the US if it were to detect a Chinese or Russian spy plane in or even close to its airspace. Absolute hysteria would be putting it lightly. Drone warfare plans. And so we come to the decision by the US Navy to begin running unmanned war games, the first of their kind, in the Pacific next year. Warships without crews will be present alongside underwater drones and pilotless aircraft. The operation is the large, latest manifestation of concerns in the Pentagon about China's ability to threaten America's carrier strike forces in the Indo-Pacific region, according to the Times. Beijing's Navy has long-range anti-ship ballistic and cruise missiles, developed specifically to keep US warships out of the region. How shocking! No mention, of course, from the Times that it is a fundamental and inalienable right of all nations to protect themselves and their sovereignty from invaders, or that this is a situation that the mad dogs of the US ruling class have thrust upon the peaceful Chinese nation via unending threats of economic sanctions as well as military provocations and threats. However, in the wild eyes of US imperialism, any threat real or perceived, to its rapidly declining global dominance, cannot and will not be tolerated.
Previous U.S. Defense Department war games have revealed the startling level of Beijing's military parity with the U.S. and its allies, with many in the U.S. defense establishment concerned about the outcome of any armed confrontation in the Indo-Pacific. For concern, read that the U.S. is quite rightly fearful of receiving a thrashing should open conflict break out, a thrashing that could very well soon sound the death knell for American imperialism. In light of China's startling level of military parity, the U.S. is eyeing up the increased use of drones and other unmanned war machines in an attempt to regain the upper hand, hoping to be able to put itself in the position of attacking China's naval vessels without taking any human casualties itself. According to Rear Admiral Robert Gorcher, Director of Maritime Headquarters with U.S. Pacific Fleet, the U.S. is shooting for early 2021 to be able to run a fleet battle problem that is centered on unmanned. It will be on the sea, above the sea, and under the sea as we get to demonstrating how we can align to the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command directives to use experimentation to drive lethality. Navy Department leaders said, say that unmanned systems will play a huge role in future maritime operations, particularly in the Pacific, should a conflict break out with China. Such unmanned weapons of war include the Sea Hunter, a 132-foot autonomous anti-submarine vessel, the largest uncrewed ship in the world, which is expected to get its first trial in the planned 2021 war games. It is likely to be joined by the unmanned undersea vehicle squadron 1, which operates drones to gather intelligence on enemy ships and submarines and to clear mines. The MQ-25 Stingray, an aerial refueling drone, the MQ-8C Fire Scout, a helicopter, and the MQ-4C Triton, a long-range signals intelligence drone. The move towards the increased use of drones in the US arsenal is part of the modernization and complete force structure renewal of the US Marines, which is changing its tactics in order to counter Beijing. The effort is being driven by US Marine Command, Commandant General David Berger with oversight by Defense Secretary Mark Esper. As part of this focus and force structure overhaul, the Marines are returning to the light, fast and aggressively agile force responsible for the successful Pacific Island hopping campaign during the Second World War, albeit with a suite of advanced capabilities, ranging from long-range rockets and artillery, fifth-generation platforms like the notoriously expensive and unrivaled F-35, and a suit of suite of overhauled infantry models. Later in the above-quoted article, we get a glimpse into the twisted minds of the military top brass. As Major General Tracy King gloated, we're going to have Marines out there sinking ships. You know, I've even talked to our undersea guys about Marines out there sinking submarines so some of our inside forces can stay hidden and let our adversary worry about me and my hundred guys running around crazy on some island instead of these capital assets that are really the heart and soul of the joint force. Running around crazy is a particularly candid and apt description of U.S. military operations in which soldiers lack the most elementary discipline and moral fibre, engaging in a whole manner of well-documented war crimes 
such as looting, rape, and indiscriminate killing. Such barbarous antics stand in stark contrast to the highly disciplined armies of China, Russia, the DPRK, and others. Abject poverty at home, but always money for war abroad. These lofty modernization plans do not come cheap, however. That American families are increasingly unable to feed, clothe, and house themselves is a problem that does not concern the ruling class in the least. They will claim there is not the money available to help, but this parasitic class has no qualms about spending countless billions of taxpayer dollars on military hardware. The Sea Hunter war machine cost just $20 million to develop. In early September, the US Navy awarded nearly $42 million in contracts to six corporate merchants of death to develop new unmanned surface vessels. And the Navy wants still more, some $2 billion to build 10 large unmanned surface vessels over the next five years, in fact. However, the Navy's fun has been temporarily halted by those politicians in the US Congress who remain skeptical about whether the Navy knows what it wants out of the drone ships. This has led some members of the House Armed Services Subcommittee on Sea Power and Projection Forces to try to block the service from buying any of the vessels next year. The 2020 US budget for what it terms defense was a $768 billion the real expenditure is, expe is estimated to be as high as $924 billion. For 2021, the proposed official budget sits at $740 billion. According to Swedish think tank CIPRI, Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, a leading authority on military expenditure, which has collected such data since 1949, the US spent... $731.8 billion on its armed forces in 2019, accounting for 38% of the global total. China, by comparison, spent $261 billion, while Russia spent a mere $65.1 billion. How likely is total war between the US and China? Despite the mad ravings of the majority of US politicians and military, there are those within the country's elite who dare appear to retain some degree of sanity. The fact that China is in possession of the world's largest navy with a battle force of 350 ships that includes 130 major surface combatants gives them pause for thought. By comparison, the US Navy has 296 deployable ships. China's ground-based missiles have a range of 500 kilometers, compared to the 300-kilometer range for U.S. ground-based missiles in theater. Experts roundly agree that immediate conflicts remain unlikely, given the huge costs in lives and treasure. Moreover, the nuclear weapons on both sides certainly serve to make leaders more cautious. Let us note at this point, however, an important lesson of history. When imperialism becomes desperate, it rides roughshod over any such considerations. Before the outbreak of World War I, for instance, the big banks and brokerage houses, of course, understood that two heavily armed alliances were on a potential collision course, but there had been episodes of sabre-rattling for several years, diffused each time by diplomacy. Opinion 
had been influenced by Norman Angle's bestseller, The Great Illusion, published in 1909, arguing that war had become impossible because global trade and capital flows were too closely interlinked. Yet, as we know or only too well, a devastating world war broke out just the same, and indeed, the article cited above continues by pointing out that, within the next decade or less, straining relations coupled with increased Chinese military capability could bring events to the brink. General Charles Brown, chief of the U.S. Air Force, has warned that the next war, a war with a peer adversary like China or Russia, is likely to be highly contested and could see combat attrition rates and risks that are more akin to the World War II era than the uncontested environment to which we have become accustomed since the Gulf War. The U.S. risks losing such a war if its military does not adjust to this new reality, Brown soberly noted. Of course, the U.S. is very much at risk of losing that war, even if it does adjust to this new reality, since China or Russia, or both, would find themselves fighting a just, anti-imperialist war in defense of their homelands and of world peace, adding massively to troop morale, whereas the U.S. would once again be fighting an unjust war of plunder and spoilation. The U.S. is a mad, senile beast in the final stages of its life, facing downfall and total collapse. We must resolutely expose and oppose its ever-increasing drive towards all-out war with China and Russia. Should such a war break out, though we all hope it will not, we must work for the defeat of the U.S. and our own imperialist rulers should they come down in support of the aggressor. Meanwhile, we must also do everything in our power to prove to workers that this drive to war is a product of the capitalist system of production, with its ever-deepening crises of overproduction and of the imperialist domination of the globe, which leads to regular and desperate struggles for redivision or reconquest of markets in pursuit of profit. Imperialism means war. Only by replacing it with a worker state and a planned economy will we finally be able to usher in an era of global peace and prosperity. To free your mind